This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I am here today with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's West Coast correspondent. And Julie is joining us this week from Italy. I apologize in advance if this audio is kind of creaky. I'm in a bathroom. Like, it sounds very exotic that I'm in Italy, but I'm actually, like, hunched over beside a bidet. (laughs) I really like that just even in week two of this podcast, we're venturing international. We're taking this to the next level. I am in Venice. It's 7.30. I'm on vacation with my husband's family. It's all very nice, and I just took a little little break to record this but i i'm sad josh isn't here he's like the george to my amal i thought we could have like recreated george clooney's wedding weekend uh, i have the sad white pantsuit just folded up in a suitcase because nobody's on that path that sad hat uh, white wide brimmed hat is just lonely on a chair i need you here I would love to be one on, a, on one of those boats with you that when they were had the wedding and they were all going to each event and they would come down in that parade of boats in Venice. Right. The gondola. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it would be perfect. But if this is like our rom-com, you'll show up tomorrow morning with like a <laughs> bunch of flowers and a box of chocolates. And <laughs> you're going to open your door and have that white Amal fedora on just waiting for you and some like smart pantsuit or something. I would pay $500 for that to happen. I'm totally doing that. Like, I don't have any important Thanksgiving plans this week or anything. I'm coming to be your Call Amal. Call sick. I'll be your Amal will be the title or something like that. We can probably do better. <laughs> Clooney tunes. I like that. Even human resources would be like, that was worth it. Worth the day off. <laughs> We're going to expend No my arguments play. there. <laughs> What's the pop culture scene in Venice? Like, what what are people into in Venice right now? Do you have any sense? I kind of feel like I'm in a pop culture vacuum. We took the boat to Murano today, which is the island close by, very famous for like making glass. Mm. And the only evidence of any sort of American pop culture I've seen is that one of the tourist shops in Murano was selling these like wrinkled printout Getty photos of American celebrities, but they were all wildly outdated and they weren't even like flattering. It was like a Matt Damon mouth open mid hello on a red carpet somewhere and like Lindsay Lohan, but it was like four hair dyes ago. So she doesn't <laughs> look recognizable. Yeah. I went into the shop. I tried to really do some on the ground reporting and I asked as best I could uh who was the most popular and what did they say 
she didn't understand. And then I really tried, I tried to follow this up because I had this great plan that I was going to like figure out which American celebrities, the people in Venice are into. I would like speak to all these locals and really hit it off. The only person I tried to interview <laughs> was the boat driver. Ooh. Um, and he, he just was not into it. Wait, I really hope that you, if you didn't bring me back, like a Getty image of Matt Damon, like mid chew poster i'm gonna be really upset <laughs> now that you've teased me with that you better have brought me back a gift i snapped it i snapped okay a snapchat to me will that, that suffices just fine that's all i need a little snap that i can screenshot um so i was just in paris maybe a few months ago now and i was actually surprised because like all over everywhere you looked was lily rose depp you know johnny depp's daughter because oh. she's in the chanel ads i guess that are kind of like i mean you see the ads in america too but i was kind of thinking to myself oh it's kind of funny that here she's like plastered everywhere oh that's amazing see there are no billboards here there are no celebrity like i haven't even seen a magazine a celebrity magazine just like venetian masks and like glass clowns hand blown in murano <laughs> that sounds terrifying but i mean nice to have maybe a, you know it's always good to have a little respite from the day-to-day 24 -7. well i'm so excited to talk to you though because last week i think we made a lot of predictions yes. and i'm curious if any of them came true because i genuinely have no idea our first of which was Meghan markle yeah so i was gonna say so last week we talked about you know Meghan markle prince harry's new girlfriend on suits first of all the biggest takeaway I had was after we did our first episode, all these Suits fans in my life came out of the woodwork and I now found really? out that I, I found out it's like this closet sleeper cell situation but with like <laughs> loving the USA procedural Suits. I want to say upwards of like 10 to 15 people messaged me or texted to say that they like have been watching Suits since the beginning. Who? I know. Anyone <laughs> under the age of 40? Yeah, no, that was, was surprising to me. Some younger people like, you know, have been watching us for a really long time, I guess. And they all sort of like told me in this kind of sheepish way, you know, like I have something to admit or because I think we had made it pretty clear. Someone told me that they've never heard anyone talk with more disdain than the way I was talking about a U.S. <laughs> procedural. Well, you know what they are. They're like the Donald Trump voters of the television yes, audience. It's like, it's like when they did those polls and Trump voters wouldn't uh, say they were actually voting for Trump. It's like suit viewers. And then the ratings are off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but it's been a big weekend for Megan. My prediction did not come true of the two of them appearing together, though... She posted an Instagram to say that she'd wrapped this season of Suits. And she did it in the most aspiring, I guess she's not aspiring, she is a lifestyle blogger way, because she posted <laughs> it with like a breakfast she had made, some sort of frittata situation. I think it was like an omelet, which is like the least appetizing. Well, it was not aesthetically pleasing at all. It looked horrible. <laughs> Could have used a garnish. <laughs> Well, it's just like really yellow and kind of like had all these different mixes in it. I, it, it just, I was like, if this, if this is going to be your big Instagram, you know, because now every Instagram she posts, everyone's monitoring like a hawk. I was kind of surprised she chose this kind of sloppy looking frittata omelet to post. Do you think she's putting any more time into planning out her posts? I mean, one would hope, but... And, oh, then she also <laughs> posted a Gandhi quote on Saturday. 
people thought it was to thank her fans, but it was actually just, she like named eight people whose support she's relied on recently. But of course, everyone took that to mean, you know, like Meghan Markle speaks out on Prince Harry romance or something. But really, it was just like a Gandhi quote with some thank yous. But I think she knows maybe at this point that she's kind of generating this interest. Things are going to progress from here, it seems, right? No one Instagrams an omelet if they're like in a down place. <laughs> like you are high on life and yourself. If you're like, you know what, it's going to be best to Instagram an omelet. No, that's true. If you're in that mindset right now, you know, more power to you. <laughs> Well, let's move on to this week because we have something very exciting to talk about, which is that Julie wrote the Jennifer Lawrence cover story in Vanity Fair, the holiday issue, which I guess by the time you're listening to this is on newsstands now. I love this salesman persona I take on when I talk about stuff that either of us has written. So Julie, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Josh was so sweet because he wrote the Taylor Swift cover story. Was it when was it earlier this year? I think Um, it was earlier. It was no, it was a September of last year. The one where the cover is like her leaning backwards over a piano and couture and Josh like very generously kind of walked me through this process. So I really appreciated his insight and guidance and emotional support. Oh, well, I'm very excited today because the photos are amazing. Julie's story is amazing. You guys have to pick it up. So Jennifer Lawrence and sort of similar to when I did Taylor's cover last year, you know, these are such hugely super famous kind of larger than life characters. So I'm curious, was she in person how you expected her to be? She was. And I guess the most surprising thing for me about interviewing a celebrity is that like before you meet them, it kind of feels like you're about to go on a first date. Like Mm -hmm. you don't know if you're going to click. I don't know if it's the same with you, Josh. No, it totally is. You like pick out what you're going to wear. Pick out what you're going to wear. I got my hair blown out at Dry Bar. I walked into, it was a hotel in kind of mid Manhattan and I walked and they had put so much hairspray in my hair. I probably smelled like Melanie Griffith and Working Girl. If there was like a scratch and sniff sticker, that would have been me. I was very nervous, but you know, she has this very endearing quality about her and she is just so naturally charming that she immediately puts you at ease. Right. So like after I'd been talking to her for two minutes, it was... You immediately felt really comfortable, yeah. Right. And she's more hilarious than you even think she will be. I guess what I was kind of struck by just how she's very poised because she has this reputation for being clumsy, but she's actually very poised and graceful. I feel like it's really nice. Like when I interviewed Taylor, it was sort of a similar thing maybe that you're talking about. Like she's just so articulate and able to talk about her career and kind of how she's perceived in a really smart way. And I feel like Jennifer to me seems sort of similar in the sense of like they kind of get it uh, or at least get sort of the perception of them. And, you know, they're they're able to kind of be funny about how they're perceived almost, which like I think is a kind of interesting, cool quality. Right. Well, it's funny because the movie she's filming about to film is Red Sparrow, which is about a Russian ballerina turned spy. I met her on the first day of her ballet training, I guess. And she was like the first to admit she said it's let me find the quote. 
she said, I just started ballet training today and it was so LOL. It is just not going to happen. I am clumsy, famously clumsy. And I practice these things like pointing her legs up into a plie and just trying to stand up straight. I walked in and was like, I'm not coordinated. I'm not flexible. I'm not a good dancer, but I'm a hard worker. Wait, when she said the plie, did she try yes, the plie? Because she didn't know the word for it yet. So she like, you know, Tried tucked her you. legs under the table. Yeah. And then she was just directed by Darren Aronofsky, whom she's been linked to right. um, in gossip reports. But they just did a horror film together called Mother. And Darren directed Natalie Portman in Black Swan. And she was joking that um, like her first step in this training is she's not going to drink at every meal. She still drinks every day, but not at every meal. She said she's going to get Darren to give her Natalie's contact information. Ask Natalie what she ate every day and then eat just twice that that oh my god I, lo- I love the ending to that of eat twice that she's so naturally funny that's just such a funny off the cuff way of even like talking about that but there were so many funny off the cuff things it was kind of heartbreaking to have to edit things down well one of my other favorite things in the profile and in general is how she has these kind of little asides of things that to her are just like one a minute kind of but then to anyone else you're like whoa right. like when she showed you the text she sent annie cohen about the real housewives and like her like feedback on each person she was like this one needs to like t- <laughs> like get over her mother-in-law this one needs to get over her ex-boyfriend just the idea of her sitting you know at home with her glass of white wine or whatever and then texting andy cohen because she's upset about the real housewives is like exactly how i would picture jennifer lawrence's downtime and it was amazing to me to think about that you're gonna love this more because we got onto the topic because i was asking about her friendship with chris jenner i think it was her birthday not this summer but last summer her friends as a surprise invited chris jenner and she's like a huge fan of keeping up with the kardashians yeah, and there was, there was, i remember because there was an instagram posted around then maybe chris jenner posted it of the two of them in bed together reading these odd right. books which was which is now you know a tattooed on my back so i actually am very familiar <laughs> with this and Chris Jenner just showed up surprisingly and like brought out the cake, which I feel like if we did that for you, we would need like those heart paddles on hand. I was going to say, if Chris Jenner pops out of anywhere to give me, it doesn't even matter if she's like coming to slap me, I'm going to have to be carted out. I like this recurring motif of my like weird Chris Jenner <laughs> obsession that's coming out in this podcast. Wait, so you were talking to her about Chris Jenner, though? So I, I asked about their friendship and like if they keep in touch and text. And she said, yes, it's a lot of emojis. Oh, my God. So they're just like commenting back and <laughs> forth all day. I, I want to imagine it's probably not quite that. That's great. Right. And then she kind of segued into talking about Real Housewives and texting with Andy Cohen. She's a real reality TV aficionado. I know. I feel like if this acting thing doesn't work out after you know an oscar and a three billion dollar grossing franchise she could be an amazing like reality television consultant i was gonna say i kind of want to see her have like a reality tv podcast or something where she just gets into it or like she should just have a standing thing on watch what happens live or something and just like vent with andy after the reunion episodes or something right i would be into that so she's in passengers which is coming out soon now with chris pratt yeah and you also talked to chris pratt also talked to Chris Pratt, who was just so he had so many kind words about her and just it seemed like he was genuinely kind of inspired by how confident she is on set. And, you know, she speaks what 
she's like feeling or thinking. He said there's no disconnect and he, he was inspired by her ability to do that. And he kind of thought that that was one of the reasons why she's such a phenomenal actress is because there's no like disconnect. She just is so visceral and immediate. It was funny because they shot in Georgia for passengers and every day they were shooting like 18 hours. But I guess on the car ride over to set each day, they would see this trampoline like in someone's backyard and they would just stare longingly at the trampoline. And they kept saying like one day after work, we're just going to break into that person's yard and start jumping on the trampoline, which what would your response be? One, if you have a trampoline, like what person are you? And two, like if you were to look out and see J-Law and Chris Pratt going crazy. I saw them on maybe was it Ellen like last week or two weeks ago. Um, they, they did a joint appearance, and I was thinking to myself that they're both just so they kind of have this like puppy dog and joyous like like zest for life thing going on. You know, I guess J Law's a little bit more sardonic, but like they kind of have this vibe that I was just like very appealing to me. Right, they have amazing chemistry, yeah. but Jennifer said that he could have chemistry with like a cactus, and I guess she said she formed her own spin-off friendship with uh, Chris's wife, Anna Ferris, which I'm going to start using in my own lexicon, vocabulary, spin-off friendship. Yeah. That's pretty good. And Emma Stone and her are great friends. And I love the quotes that Emma gave you because she was telling you that whenever Jennifer Lawrence hit the scene, you know, there's like this immediate sort of competitive spirit where you're like ex- competing for the same roles. But that actually, you know, it turns out they've become like great friends and texted every day for a year, right? Right. I think Emma said that it was their notebook relationship. They texted every day for a year. <laughs> That's up there with Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox to me of the friends I'd most want to like split a bottle of wine with or something. Right. I guess because they had been texting for that first year um, when they did finally meet Jennifer was going to Emma's house and she pulled in the driveway. And like at that exact moment, both of them thought, what if we're being catfished? And this is some wild stalker, but it, it had a happy ending. Uh, imagine how easy it would be to catfish for one of them because there's so many pictures out there. I know. Right? I have no knowledge of what it takes to actually catfish someone. So the question I always got asked about Taylor, which I'm curious what your take is, is like, where do you think she's going to go from here? Because she obviously has achieved so much. She's like at this level of fame that's kind of like Julia Roberts was, you know, whatever, 15, 20 years ago. She says she really wants to get into directing, which I would just be so interested to see what kind of film projects she would be doing. Yeah. She's just so smart and with it and charming uh like she joked very self-deprecatingly about how she's only good at one thing but i feel like she could really do anything she said she really does want to get back into indie film though since that's where she started with winner's bone so i guess i would project and i'd be very interested to see what kind of indies she would do what kind of characters she's drawn to play i'd love to see her like really tear it up in an indie because like winter's bone was the first movie i ever saw her in and Obviously, that made her, you know, into Jennifer Lawrence in her first Oscar nomination. But I feel like she she hasn't really done much in that vein, right? It's been mostly more commercial projects. And like, you know, it's obviously some really artistic stuff, too, with the great directors. But it'd be cool to see her go back to that. Wait, I want to ask you about Taylor. What did you wear to meet Taylor? I wore uh I wore sparkly spangle. No, uh, (laughs) I I wore like all black, I think. 
there was like a part of the day we were at the photo shoots. I wanted to be very like, you know. You needed a day to night look. Yeah, no, I really feel like I needed a costume change or something. I love that you talked to her parents. You know how celebrities kind of have this aura of celebrity? Do Taylor Swift's parents have like that aura? Oh, yeah. Her parents were great. They were so sweet, both of her parents. Like they were very much reminded me of like the parents of my friends in high school kind of thing who would like pick you up from the soccer game and bring you to the next location. They just had this very kind of gentle, sweet, you know, they're very like proud of her, but also like her confidants, like she would go whisper to her mom kind of. It almost, I guess, gave me this whole other context for viewing her because I feel like you don't always necessarily think of these celebrities as part of a family, you know? The idea that she would be nervous about what her mom thought or like coming to her dad to get advice i don't know it just it almost brings out this obvious humanity you obviously know she has parents but it was kind of a whole interesting thing to get to see so it's just like a very supportive close-knit family which i feel like speaks well to kind of her groundedness maybe or level-headedness Jennifer's close to her family too, right? She has brothers. She has two brothers that she's close to. She said it's a little frustrating though because everybody reads the tabloids, even her family. And like, you know, she doesn't want her grandma reading that she's engaged to someone. So she is really trying to avoid all those photographs. I mean, I can only imagine if you're like Jennifer Lawrence's non-famous brothers. (laughs) I I feel like every conversation people have with them must be somehow tinged with like, your sister is one of the most famous women in the world, right? I'm always very interested in the siblings of these famous people. Because like, it just to me seems like you have this like sense of normalcy in your life, like no one recognizes you, so on and so forth. Has there been a movie about that? Mm. A movie about like the sibling of, (laughs) I would totally watch that movie. I, this is like, I feel weird bringing this up, but I wrote a play that was about Scarlett Johansson's twin brother, actually. So I've always been very interested in this. Have I never told you that? No. It was in the Fringe Festival like four or five years ago. We've never talked about this. (laughs) What happens if you had to give kind of a... No, there's, I mean, it's like we shouldn't (laughs) talk about this very long, but it's called Scarlet Fever. And it was about Scarlett Johansson's (laughs) twin brother who's like was the main character and it's basically a romantic comedy about his life and then the girl he falls in love with finds out halfway through the play because he's like doesn't want people to know because he doesn't want a girl to start dating him just for that reason so so they just start dating as like a normal couple then halfway through she like pieces it together and then like he kind of freaks out because she's like a pop culture obsessed girl um so then he like backs away did they stay together uh, spoiler alert <laughs> uh yeah no they do at the end of the play, they reconcile. Can people read this? Uh, you know, maybe, so, maybe I'll post the play online or something. Bonus features. <laughs> we'll do a live reading. No, that would be horrible. We're not doing that. But my like, goal was for Scarlett to find out about it. We're not like the only goal, but, you know, I was like hoping she would. And I do not know if she does, but Hunter Johansson, who's her real life brother, apparently has been made aware of the play, I've been told. And apparently his response was just like, oh, cool. Like, he like, didn't want any more info. I'd be flattered. I would have thought maybe he'd want more info. But anyway, enough about my previous writing projects. So to tie it back, it's interesting to me to think about what the life of Jennifer Lawrence's two brothers are and if they'll ever try to court fame or not. I guess probably not, right? I would guess not. I don't know. That's too much fame. Even to be adjacent to that would be... Well, every once in a while, like, Lupita Nyong'o's brother was in that Oscar selfie, the one that Bradley Cooper and Ellen took or whatever. And I remember he got so much attention for that. It was like, who is Lupita Nyong'o's brother? So I feel like his life must be filled with people being like, you're Lupita's brother. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd be interested to talk to him about that. Maybe we should have him on sometime. Maybe we should have a sibling on. I think that's also the outcome of this. Yeah, really close the circle out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can get Hunter on. Hunter, if you're listening to this, Hunter Johansson. <laughs> I'm sure he really Please. wants to I'm sure he really wants to meet me now after I have like a file on my computer of research about him. Okay. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Have you been following at all pop culture this weekend? No. So I think I just want to basically tell you about my favorite story from the week that I was like trying to tell you over the weekend on text message or in Italy. It was really hard. So I'm going to tell you now. It relates to someone who came up earlier who you said her Getty photo was in that shop you went to, Lindsay Lohan. And she has been in the news kind of a lot recently. Or not a lot, but she you know has this new accent and she's in like traipsing around Europe. So maybe you'll run into her in Venice even. I um, hope so. <laughs> I don't know what I could see you guys, you know, getting along quite well. So I would hope that could happen. Oh, a gondola ride. Fingers crossed for a gondola I don't know if ride. she would be. I feel like she would want something a little wilder. No. Is there like a cool nightclub in Venice or something you could go to with her? Not really. We could buy a cloak. For some reason, Italian men are very into cloaks. Wait, that would be my dream. Wait, they, they, they wear them? They wear them. There are these cloaks slash capes. <laughs> it's a very bold look, but there are a lot of distinguished looking older men just kind of flowing around Venice. Clear out space. I'm going to get you a cloak. Would you wear that? I don't know if I could pull it off. Anyway, Lindsay's Instagram is kind of wild. Do you follow her on Instagram? No, I can't. <laughs> You're missing out. The captions don't usually match up with the photo. It will be like a photo of her taking a picture of herself. And then the caption will be like, a cat walked by me today. I don't know. It's like it's like some weird, totally discordant caption. And like some of the photos are really blurry. And it's like all over the place. And like she opened this nightclub called Lohan Nightclub which I think we have to do like a live episode from there at some point. Where? It's in Greece, I want to say. Mykonos. What are the features of the Lohan nightclub? I mean, I think the fact that it's called Lohan nightclub is like <laughs> the only feature one needs. The videos made it look like just an ordinary nightclub. She was like tweeting just blindly the way like you or I would at Kylie Jenner to see if Kylie would come to the club. It was kind of a sad scene. Anyway, this story is really taking a winding road to get to the end. So over the weekend, Lindsay Lohan commented on three straight photos of Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande, famous pop star, maybe the fourth most followed person on Instagram. And the same caption each time, which was, she wrote, too much makeup on three straight Instagrams. Which is like, already so aggressive to even write that on one. Then to write it on three straight, just too much makeup. And like these photos were all of Ariana Grande's about to be in the Hairspray Live that's coming out. <laughs> this is like, this is such a weird story to even be telling. <laughs> but basically, these photos, like I guess she was wearing makeup because she was like in her costume and in her stage makeup. And Lindsay Lohan's just like really trying to get the point across to Ariana Grande. Like you look like you have too much makeup on. And she commented it three times and no one really is clear what's going on or why or if they know each other or what Ariana Grande said. Anyway. What do you make of that, Julie? Several points. One, are they friends? Have they ever met before? 
Because even if they were, like, I don't think you would ever comment on one of my Instagrams. Well, that's the thing. I was thinking about that. I was kind of like, oh, well, maybe they're really close and she's just doing her like a kind of gentle, like older sister thing. But like, I think that's not what's going on here because... Right. I don't even like when a friend tells me you have something in your teeth. I'm kind of like annoyed. <laughs> like, you know, like I like any criti- I'm not good with that kind of gentle, constructive criticism. So if someone's saying that on my public Instagram, I'm not going to be happy. I'm sure Ariana Grande wasn't. My other point was who picked up on this? Like, are yes. are there e entertainment writers whose job responsibilities are scrolling through social media comments? Well, that's actually why I wanted to bring this story to the podcast today because I think it's really interesting. I mean, I feel like most of these celebrity bloggers now—I don't know if they employ interns to do this or what—but they're scouring famous people's Instagram comments. I don't know how they managed to do that. I saw one post of like a Disney star last week where they had gone through and like, I guess Patrick Schwarzenegger had commented and like some other kind of young stars had commented. They had broken it down and taken all these screenshots. I was like, who is finding all of this? It's kind of scary. Like, I wonder if now there's more and more interpersonal interaction is on social media. I hope this isn't like the future of entertainment reporting that it's all like so-and-so retweeted. And also, how far away are we from having college graduate students writing dissertations on celebrity social media? Oh, I'm sure like Beyonce's Instagram has probably been a PhD for someone. And not to plug your recent feature in Vanity Fair, but you did do a long reported piece on celebrity social media and the people who manage those accounts. You even spoke or emailed with Kim Kardashian. It was interesting to think because like, and this wasn't something I focused on in the piece, but like the interactions between celebrities on social media is like an interesting little subgenre of it though. Because it's like, at this point, they probably have to know you know, because we'll always see these stories come up in us and people where they're like, you know, Taylor Swift followed Calvin Harris and then unfollowed him. Like people are monitoring everything they do on social media. Like Kendall Jenner. Oh, right. Yeah. Like Kendall Jenner got off it. And I'm always like wondering how that gets discovered too, how they're so quickly figuring out when like a celebrity gets off Instagram or, you know, deactivates their account and then like reactivates it. Or recently they were like, Kim Kardashian followed three people on Instagram. Like she followed Paris Hilton and Ariana Grande and someone else. There's like robots scouring it. Well, in speaking to the people who manage those celebrity accounts, did it seem like kind of an alluring job, a sexy job for college graduates? Would you want to do it? I think what seems fun to me about the job, and I talked to a few people who run the accounts for the celebrities, and that to me seems sort of fun. Taking on someone's persona, it's like almost an acting job, you know, because you have to kind of think about how would Kerry Washington respond to this or how would Justin Bieber, you know, it's very much like a case by case basis. But in a lot of cases, you have people who are actually like crafting the messages for them. So that to me seems like it could be fun. I don't know, it'd probably be nerve wracking, though. I get nervous enough posting something on my own Twitter account, and I don't have 25 million followers, you know, and if you make one mess up, it's bad. It's really bad. Okay, so we have to end though with our predictions for this coming week. This week, instead of doing celebrity predictions, I think because it's Thanksgiving, we should imagine whose celebrity wall we would want to be a fly on. I'd love to see Gwyneth Paltrow's Thanksgiving. 
you know, I just can't even imagine. I feel like there's a whole script to it almost. We first wash our hands in the like ceremonial bath, drape yourself in some sort of poncho. Everyone has to like cleanse their soul with some sort of crystal she has. And then, like, I don't know, I just feel like there's like a process to it, I'm sure. It just must be incredible. The chicest buffet line. Does she yeah. do a buffet? <laughs> oh, I don't I can actually, I think she Instagrammed a photo of her Thanksgiving last year and it looked pretty straightforward. But I feel like it must have been deceptive. Like there must have been $4,000 cranberry custard or something like waiting under the table that she didn't show. Who would be her person? Beyonce. I feel like every podcast ends with Beyonce, but I'm just so curious. They're on a yacht somewhere. I was going to say, I'm having, I'm having trouble envisioning what her Thanksgiving even is like. Well, I'm really convinced that they have just like a staff photographer who's always on hand, just photographing every moment of their life. And you'll see it in like five weeks when they post it on Beyonce's website or whatever. Right. I think it's them, you know, Tina Solange, Richard Lawson, who's Tina's husband, who happens to have the same name as our coworker, which is pretty amazing. Did I ever tell you that I saw Tina Knowles at the New Orleans airport? (laughs) We are learning so much about each other today. Did you speak? It was last year. There there was this fabulously dressed woman kind of rolling around the lounge area on like one of those knee injury scooters. Wait, what? Something was injured. So she had to be like riding around on the scooter. But this fabulously dressed woman, I finally realized was Tina Knowles. And she had like no shame about being on the scooter. She was like sashaying around. And she was there with Richard Lawson and Solange's son. Oh it was the God. weekend of Solange's wedding. Wait, were you, so you, were you in New Orleans for the wedding? I was in New Orleans, so I was getting all these text messages like, oh, are you there for Solange's wedding? I kind of felt a little out of place that I wasn't invited. That's like how I was in Paris when Kim Kardashian was robbed and everyone was texting me like, did you rob her? <laughs> well, Jennifer was there for Paris Fashion Week because she's like the face of Dior. And I said, were you there the day that Kim robbed? That Kim got robbed? She said, I left that day. So I'm probably a suspect. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. She left the same day. The same day, yeah. It was pretty funny. That is really funny. I feel like Chris Jenner would love that. Chris Jenner is probably sad you didn't get that in the story. <laughs> But but now we're getting it out here now. That's an In the Limelight exclusive. We didn't even get to talk about Chris Jenner and Becky with the good hair. Oh, yeah. That's that's right next week. Um, (laughs) Which it's like, how much money did Chris Jenner pay to get that story in circulation? Um, That she is actually Becky with the good hair. I know. That does feel like a fantasy. Like she secreted into existence or something. I kind of feel like she does have a wish list of like 15 different stories that she wants to be out there. And one by one, they'll all come true. A great ending to this is that I'm actually going to see Chris Jenner tonight, probably, because I'm going to the Angel Ball, which honors the late Robert Kardashian and Kim, Courtney, Chloe, and Chris Jenner are all in the tip sheet. Is this Kim's first public appearance? Word on the street is Kim's going to be making her first public appearance. So next week, listeners, I will have the in real life, in the flesh report on what it was like to be there when Kim re-entered society. What are you going to wear? I have to wear a tux. It's black tie. Well, I can't wait to hear your full report. Yeah, so that's a tease for next week. That does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please log on to iTunes, rate, review, uh, you know, write us a poem. We'll take anything. That iTunes section is yours, Canvas. Write some fan fiction about our siblings. Yeah, great. Follow us on Twitter as well. I'm Jay Duboff. 
And mine is at Julie W. Miller. You can follow both of us at In the Limelight. This episode was edited and produced by our podcast Wizard Dress, Alana Milner. And thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Ciao. Arrivederci. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs>